Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest. And along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries, and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Impact Best podcast. I'm the founder and CEO, Aisha Williams, and I am here with Mayowa and Oluk Benga Obijiran of Calibotics. And they are very talented co founders. It is really a pleasure for me to welcome both of you to the Impact Best podcast today. And can you share with us a bit about your inspiration behind launching your company and what you're currently focusing on? Thank you very much, Aisha. Uh, we're happy to be here with you today. Okay, um, so Calibotics is a robotics and AI company uh, based in Nigeria. And the inspiration behind it actually came from the educational sector. All right, um, we've been involved with some projects, some smart classroom projects that is um, deploying technologies you know, like um, digital devices, digital smart boards and robotics into classrooms. And then um, at some particular point, we wanted to purchase some robotics items from some company abroad. And when it came to the time to purchase it, we weren't able, you know, we got stuck with some bureaucratic, you know, some bureaucratic uh, bottleneck. And then we thought to ourselves, now, hey, some of these things, you know, we could build them ourselves. Now, those particular robotics items, they were actually uh, AI-powered self-driving cars, you know, miniature AI-powered self-driving cars. And then we took up the challenge. And after a couple of months, we built our own version, you know, and from there we built drones and all that. And we thought, you know what, we can actually use robotics and AI for social impact, you know, for good. You know, this is education. We saw use cases in agriculture, in logistics, entertainment, and we just went full-blown. And that's the brief history of Calibotics. Thank you. Yes. And that is so relevant today with the rise of AI applications really being applied across sustainability, like you were stating. You were also speaking about the difficulties in supplying the materials that you needed. How do you see this developing in the future in terms of scaling of your own business? Do you think it's going to be easier to find the materials that you need to build your AI solutions, uh, what can be improved in terms of partnerships to help you scale? Some of the, um, some of the issues, the specific issues we faced at that particular time when we, I mean, when we weren't able to get the, uh, the materials, I think it had to do with licensing. And soon after, we had the shortages of 2020. So going forward, I think uh, I think the global supply chains are actually bouncing back to what they were before. But I think this is a lesson for us, really, that um, some of these materials need to be advantageous if we could produce them locally in Africa, because you know uh, we have the hardware and the software. All right, we have capable Africans who can develop the software. 
but for the hardware uh, the microchips that we need you know the plastic parts one of the things we had resorted to um, to doing is to use 3d printing to produce some of the hardware that we need but yes i think it would be considering the important role robotics is going to play in africa i think it will be very important and then also for us to build um, a resilience in our supply chain for us to actually produce locally we don't have enough initiatives in my opinion that is moving towards that but i hope that's something we can change in the future and so the focus is really on producing locally this is also an area that we're interested as investors in terms of being able to invest in infrastructure local production because we believe that this type of investment enables many entrepreneurs uh, uh, like yourselves to be able uh, to source materials locally and to be able to scale their businesses. So getting back to the topic of AI, right now we have many AI applications uh, across many verticals. Um, what do you think is the potential of AI in your industry in terms of robotics and in terms of being able to scale local production, hardware? How do you see the development of AI in terms of local hardware production and being able to scale it within your business? I think I can break that question into two parts. All right. The first part is going to be the importance of AI in Africa generally. And I think the second part will then talk about the opportunities, local production of hardware in Africa. So the potential for AI generally, right? I mean, AI is solving problems all over the world. You know, um, it's creating solutions in such a short period that would have taken a long time to produce before. And um, case in point, we have um, uh, we have this software, uh, a chat GPT that was just launched a couple of months ago. All right, within forty eight hours, it, I mean, it had over a million over a million uh, uh, registered users. All right, that just I mean, and that just goes on to underscore the importance of AI generated text and solutions, or you know, within our society, but in Africa particularly. Some of the problems that we face, they are so huge. We particularly need AI to solve some problems, all right? And just to illustrate that, I'm just going to share a bit because Maya and I, we also do work in health tech, all right? You know, um, Maya is actually also the CEO of a health tech company that just um, finished a program with a US-based accelerator. Uh, Africa shoulders about 24% of global burden of disease. That is, all diseases in the world, both infectious and non-infectious, about a quarter of them are in Africa. But Africa has only 4% of global healthcare workers, just four. Now, that is massive shortages, all right? And then to make matters worse, we have a situation where there is a massive brain drain underway. We have a lot of medical professionals leaving Nigeria, leaving Africa, you know, for better opportunities all over the world. Um, between 2015 and 2021, about 7,000 registered doctors left 
Nigeria alone for just one destination, the United Kingdom, 7,000 doctors. And if you think about other destinations that are probably the most popular, like the US and Canada, all right? So we have a situation where we have shortages, but the number of medical professionals are even reducing. And to crown it all up, Africa is growing on an average of 2.5% every year. That means our population in Africa increases by 30 million Africans every year. So if you think about just that particular sector, even if we double and quadruple all our training facilities, you know, medical training facilities across the continent, we are not going to be able to um, cross that divide in the next 10, 15 years. Those are great points that you've made, Olubenga, about uh, the healthcare crisis. These are really the real-life use cases of AI that can make a tremendous amount of difference on the African continent. And so if we're speaking about the use cases of AI and healthcare, uh, the real-life use cases that both of you are working on, what do you think has to happen for crises like the healthcare crises and other challenges that you see to be resolved, not only through AI, but partnerships with other organizations and AI together? What, what do you think it's going to take to actually resolve these crises? Um, I think the government needs to play a very important role here in terms of policy, government policies. There has to be policies that actually encourage the private sector to build solutions like in um, healthcare, AI in healthcare. For instance, I'm in... Um, I'm working on radiology AI, but to build AI, you know, you need data. So the government can make regulations that will make it easier for us to access the data we need to build models, and that will motivate more people to build solutions in these areas. And there are many, we'll say, criticisms of AI, especially in terms of data and data collection and data protection. How do you see the protection of users uh, within your own business in terms of being able to use your AI products, how to gather data in a way that user data is still protected? How are you approaching this in your business? Okay, data protection is very important to us. One thing we do is we um, obscure patient data we don't keep any personal information and we make sure our software is IPA um, compliant. So IPA is like a standard for um, data protect protection uh, when it comes to software. So we make sure our product is compliant. You know? And also I know there are some new laws about data protection. We're also observing those. Right, and so AI protection uh, for users is quite important when we're speaking about the growth of AI and all of its different use cases. Going back to local production, do you see from the investment side, what is the support that you see from foreign investors and local investors to support local production of AI hardware and software like you're focused on? I feel for now, there isn't a lot of attention being given to that space. As a matter of fact, some of the things that we are doing at Calibotics 
I consider it pioneering, as it were. You know, although truth be told, we do have pockets of other startups and organizations who are trying in their own way to do something similar. I think one very important thing is we need to solve real problems for people so that a lot of the foreign investors can see real commercial opportunity for them to come and invest in those areas. One thing we have realized is uh, it's not enough to just build, you know, some fancy drones and some self-driving cars and things like that, you know, very technologically advanced um, prototypes. But if you think about it, investors, they, I mean, they want returns on their investments. So I think we need to... Uh, we need to graduate from building fancy prototypes to actually solving problems. And some of the interesting areas we can solve problems in Nigeria, in Africa, you know, like we've mentioned, that's using AI and robotics, areas like agriculture, um, education, healthcare, and then very importantly also, you know, you know, for climate change or the circular economy, you know, you know, and then case in point. The project we're working on currently is an e-waste management system. All right, so we've built some AI-powered robotic arms. I mean, a robotic arm that can sort e-waste from general waste because e-waste that is electronic waste they tend to be toxic. All right, so how do we separate them from general waste? This particular solution, once the prototype is completed and we can scale up to production, this will be useful for, you know, state governments, uh, municipal governments to help them in their e-waste. So the point is we need to create solutions that are actual, I mean, and that are solving actual problems. Then I think in that case, it's uh, the space is going to be more attractive to investors. On the one hand, the local startups need to focus on solving actual problems. And on the other hand, we could use the help of, you know, impact investors and folks like that, you know, to help to ginger, to ginger activities towards solving this specific and um, um, solving these specific problems. I'd like to add a few things to what Benga just said. Um, I feel local versus foreign investors. I feel the local investors we have here, they are not as willing to invest in cutting-edge technology. I think they are more risk-averse so compared to the foreign investors. So definitely in this area, we need more local participation. And I think one way this could happen is with the federal government, maybe Nigeria, getting involved and maybe having a fund distributing these funds to local investors and offering them incentives to actually invest in local startups. I think that could be a way because I know the CBN, the Central Bank of Nigeria, has some programs where they sponsor startups, they invest in startups and all that. But um, you know how it is. Government is usually slow. They are actually slow to implement um, projects and all that. But private sector is more nimble so they can act faster and they can get a lot done in less time. Those are great points. We spoke about this in our CEO roundtable, the importance of private-public partnerships. 
quite important for local governments to support investment in these sectors. Uh, these are the sectors like you're working on in terms of AI applications and waste management and healthcare, the real life use cases of AI that need to be supported through private public partnerships, because these are really cutting edge innovations that I believe that have the potential to transform industries, but there also needs to be significant amount of support also from local investors and governments as well. And going forward, we're near the end of the quarter, almost 2023 is flying by. How do you see the development of AI use cases within the next couple of years in terms of support from local governments, uh, the amount of foreign capital supporting this sector. What do you see on the horizon in terms of AI use cases um, in waste management, healthcare, and other sectors? And I think, and I think this is something that is, you know, that is quite important for those of us in the technology space to realize. Technology by itself doesn't create change. Doesn't necessarily create change. Rates the rates of change, all right? So, for example, most of the, I mean, most of the most successful technology products we have in our society globally right now, they aren't things that weren't done before. Technology has only helped us to do it faster, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, faster, more accurately. For example, let's take Facebook for an, I mean, as an example, right? Human beings make social connections every day. In fact, human beings are social beings, all right? What, uh, you know, what some of these social networks have done is to enable or to do, you know, to have those social interactions faster in a richer format and more broadly, all right? So you can be having conversations in a group, you know, with some old school mates and they're scattered all over the world. You can take a picture somewhere. You want to share it with your friends, right? You know, and you can do that through this network. You can, um, I mean, I mean, you can you can say something interesting, and you can just pick up your phone, all right? You know, power up WhatsApp, and then you know, just share the video, all right? So what technology, so one of the things that we're having in Africa right now, so let's take education, for example, right? You know, we don't have enough schools. We have huge out-of-school children in Nigeria, in Africa. So how do we use technology to accelerate this? How do we create, you know, a rich learning environment so that children all over the continent can master the basic skills of, you know, reading, math, science, uh, and literacy? You know, how do you use technology to do that? And one very important quotation that we like a lot is this. If children will not learn in the way they are being taught, then we need to teach them in the way that they will learn. I guess right now, because of the richness of our society, you know, entertainment, media, I guess the blackboard or the whiteboard, as the case might be, just isn't cutting it anymore. I think it's very important if you're teaching kids about dinosaurs, instead of the teacher attempting to draw a dinosaur, why not just show the kids a picture of the dinosaur? You know, how can we spark their imagination faster? 
And then with technology also, you can create content and the content can spread faster to different parts of the continent, rather, well, 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 at least faster than training enough teachers in the time being. So the point is just, as you can see, technology can accelerate things, you know, and I think that is the real power. That is the real power of technology. And then AI being one of the latest branches of technology that has even more potential than just regular digitization, you know, I feel we can use AI to accelerate change in all these important sectors. Those are such excellent points and that technology alone doesn't create change. And we're in an era, I believe that this is very multidisciplinary, multi-initiative, and it requires stakeholders from all different areas to be able to leverage AI and leverage technology to create real sustainable outcomes. And like you were saying about education, that children being educated today need tools that maybe we didn't need to be able to live in our current society with AI and, and all of the technology that wasn't here 10, 20, 30 years ago. So it's about scaling AI, scaling technology to uh, and to be able to work together as stakeholders, startups, investors, government to properly scale technology and AI to achieve the sustainable outcomes and lay the foundation, the sustainability foundation that will be here uh, for years to come. Right? And so that's what we're all focused on. What are your hopes for the development of the real use case of AI in waste management and healthcare and education? What do you hope to see within Nigeria on the African continent for the future? Um, I think I would like to see more government participation, more cooperation across the board, especially on the African continent, AI policies, AI strategy, because when it comes to AI, you need data. So what, what are your policies concerning data? What are the regulations? Everything has to be spelled clearly. So I think that would be a great start for AI in Africa. And then Ovid Benga, do you want to add to that also? Um, one of the things we are focused on and we really want to do, yes, we would like to have more foreign investment, uh, more investment, both local and foreign, into the space. Yes, we would like to see uh, more government regulation policies that is going to help the field to prosper. But one thing we want to do is to focus on areas that have a blend, you know, I mean, I mean, areas that have three major characteristics. Three. Number one is impact. That is actually solving real problems. Number two, commercial opportunity. All right. We also want to focus on solutions that has commercial value so that as we're creating the impact, the commercial side of it can attract investment. And then number three, scale all right areas that can scale so that uh at the moment we're solving problems in that space and investment is coming to that space right the old space shall you know shall even expand more and more players more startups more smart africans you know can also play so we're looking at uh, we're looking at sectors that have those three characteristics and in some cases the progress we make in those areas 
can even you know can even so in this, i mean so in some ways like a chicken and egg situation which should come first government regulation and investment or commercial viability of our solutions well we'll, we'll we'll work on both maybe the commercial viability is then going to attract investors and for the government to put in place the right policies but either ways we can't just sit down fold our hands and say well we can do nothing until we have good policies and investments well why not we work in areas that have these three stated characteristics and hopefully you know that can also spur you know spur some movements with regards to policies from the government and then investments from local and foreign investors yes it is going to take working with governments local investors foreign investors to be able to scale ai and technology um, in a way that as a multi-stakeholder initiative and to be able to build a solid uh, sustainable and resilient foundation for all of the innovations to come right so it really has been a pleasure to have both of you on the impact best podcast i'm really inspired by what you're working on in terms of ai use cases and waste management and healthcare in nigeria and on the african continent and so i thank you very much it's it's been a great conversation i look forward to future podcasts with you yeah it's been a real thank pleasure you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Impact Vest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. Join us next week for another episode and become part of our Impact Vest newsletter community, where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at Impact Vest.